is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! <laughs> Hello, people. Good to have you here with us today. Another week in the books. I'm going on a bit of a, a good couple week good streak. Nothing bad happening, so I'm, I'm, I'm riding the wave. It's feeling good. Uh, last night I was able to talk to an old friend of mine from uh, my old church's youth group. He's in college. Wearing my old throwback Anchor Ministries shirt. Uh, but good to... Good to catch up with people, see what where, where they're at right now. And that's kind of where we're going to go. Youthish kids area, but also us as adults, what we kind of need to hear and some problems that I see. Terrifying problems on the horizon. Not even on the horizon. Right now, we're dealing with them. So, so let's do this. So my wife and I were talking the other day, as married couples do, um, about kids and youth. She's been running kids for a while. I've been doing youth for a long time. Um, and we were frustrated, you could say, to say the least, a little frustrated, because something continues to happen. Okay, so a little, little behind the scenes. Well, not really, but I have two other leaders uh, in youth with me that are there the majority of the time, Trey and Christine, great people. All three of us teach Sunday evenings, to the youth. It's kind of like a rotation we do. I tend to probably teach a little more because I forget to assign them and tell them, hey, you're going to be teaching this week. So then I'm like, oh, I didn't tell them. So I guess I'm going to be teaching. And I just teach it. Whatever. It's fine. Now, over the past few months, I feel, in my humble opinion, that we've had some fantastic messages delivered to the youth. Good quality gospel messages that the youth can really use in their lives going forward. And that's what we're, we're trying to do here. We're trying to equip, equip them for life through biblical gospel messages and conversations. And my friend Jim here, uh, he, he told me right after I kind of took over youth about two and a half, three years ago, whoever, it seems like 10 years, uh, he said the job of the youth pastor is to give them tools. They have a toolbox and every week I put a new tool in there or Trey and Christina, we give them a new tool. Whoever's teaching that week gives them a new tool that they can use as they encounter life. And I really liked that analogy. And I also think about that when I prepare a message for them, I think of, what new tool they can use? What message do they need to hear as they continue to grow up and become more and more independent? And in the past year, I feel like I've really touched on, you know, a lot of the foundational things that they need to, to know in Christianity. Um, taught them about the Bible, how it was written, how it is the written word of God, 
how it's alive, how I even, I even pulled out these mind-blowing facts uh, about the Bible, like how it's the most translated book ever, how it's um, in the most countries, how it's the best-selling book ever, year after year, no verse contradicts itself, and whenever how long it took to write it, how many authors, really everything in there, and even kind of compared it to big cinematic universes where we see plot holes and problems with the story, but this the Bible does not because it is the word of God. All that things. I try to give them practical ways to use these messages and this knowledge. I, I talked about prayer, gave them bracelets to remind them how to pray. Uh, we went through, um, and, and with those bracelets and all that, those youth wore them for months. So it's like, they. I, I feel like, okay, we're, we're at it. We've talked in depth about um, the birth of Christ and how it fulfilled the prophecy and the odds of that happening and the odds of Jesus fulfilling a few prophecies compared to the hundreds that he did fulfill. And we talked about, obviously, Jesus's death and resurrection, and that was pretty recently with Easter and, and like and what all that meant for us. We talked about um, how what it's like living as a Christian, the good and the bad, the the awesome stuff, and also like what we're going to have to deal with backlash and all that. Um, talked about Christian friendships, how to be a good Christian friend. We talk about dealing with doubt and, and how to get through that and trusting the Lord and having faith. And I even recently did a, a, a two-week message on uh, the influence of the world and how it affects us every day in terms of sexuality and gender. So I'm, I'm telling you, it's way more than that because it's been two and a half years or whatever. But we're, we've gotten, I feel like I've gotten all the foundational pieces there. So last week, Christine is teaching, and she asked the youth. She's doing a kind of like a Mother's Day, um, a respect your parents type of message because Mother's Day is coming up. It all fit in. It was good stuff. And so she asked them uh, what the Bible says about how you should uh, act and behave in regards to your parents. Now, the two weeks that I spent talking about the influence of the world, uh, we went over scriptures about this, right? Um, so they, not, and now they even said what the answer was like, oh, we're supposed to behave or whatever like that. And she's like, okay, now tell me where it says it in the Bible. And no one knew, like we've gone over that. This will be the third week that we talked about it. Nobody knew. Nobody, what's, what, where are you at in the Bible? I wish I knew, you know, like, I don't know. I was like, dude, we just went over this. Philippians, for two weeks, I talked about it a lot. I, I make them look it up in an actual Bible, not on their phone. In the Bible, we look it up. So I'm like, I'm like what is, but nope. It was like a whole new scripture they never heard. And I was just shaking my head. I'm like, are you kidding me? Then Christine was talking about a verse in Matthew where Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. And she said, she asked, who knows what a Pharisee was? And again, nobody knew. And I was like, seriously? I did a whole message on what Pharisees and scribes were. We went over this. How do you not know what they are? And it's not like they're not trying to answer. Like, it's not like they're just sitting there like, I'm just not going to participate. No, they, these group, this group of kids that I have are outspoken. They're always trying to answer, but the, the, they, it was like, how do you not know this? They had no idea. So that made me think, what am I even doing? 
what am I doing? Am I just a bad teacher? Because that could, maybe. Or I was thinking about the whole toolbox and giving them tools analogy. And I was like, I started to think, are these kids like the mechanics that take their toolbox to do a project and they work on something and then they leave all the tools there, they forget them. And, and I'm like, and they just lose tools constantly. And I'm like, I gave you this tool for you to use for life. And they were like, yeah, but I mean, I lost that tool a long time ago. And I'm like, but, it, but it's an important tool. It's an impact gun. And they're like, I know. So that's why I can't fasten anything. Uh, I don't have the impact, you know. Now, that's not to say that I expect them to hear me teach a lesson once and they automatically remember it forever. That seems ridiculous. But because if we go with the tool analogy, we all use tools once in a while. I mean, when I look at, when I'm working on a project, like if I'm changing my oil in the car and I have like um, my, uh, what are those things called? The things that you take the, anyways, I lose them constantly. It's crazy that I can't come up with the socket. Like I, like I have a 15 millimeter socket and I'm, I set it down and then I lose it. for. But, but I do find it again. It's still there. I still know how to use it. And I mean, when I look at all my tools, like I have, I have my garage set up pretty neatly. I have everything organized and I look and I'll see like, yeah, I do have seven hammers, 12 pliers, 25 Phillips head screwdrivers, 10 flathead screwdrivers. So obviously I lost the hammers, the screwdrivers. At some point I had to buy another one. Then I ended up finding it. You know how it goes. We all have a bunch of those. But if I had a tool or the knowledge in this analogy situation, even if I lost the tool, forgot, I still know how to use it. So that would be like a student sort of remembering uh, what a Pharisee was and being reminded but no, like, like they're like, hey, I did, do remember a Pharisee is like the, the, um, the high priests, the, the leaders, the religious leaders, that kind of thing. Right. But no, they were like, it was like the Pharisee. They heard it for the first time. They're like, what is a Pharisee? And I'm like, I mean, it was a kick in the shorts. It's like giving a screwdriver to somebody, teaching them how to use it. And then the next day it was day we're like, Hey, where was that screwdriver? And they're like, what's a screwdriver? And you, you know, the thing that you use to screw in a screw and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, bro. So this whole youth pastor thing for me seems to be pretty much a failure. I mean, youth group, it's kind of dwindled. There's not a ton of kids. Uh, they left all their tools, who knows where, or sold them in a garage sale, burned them in a bonfire. Honestly, I don't know. But I was just like, I, I just don't know. And my wife was talking about, she just taught last week. Uh, she did a communion training for the third through fifth grade. And she said, I, I know, I, I know what you're saying. Cause I doubt they learned anything. She said, it's just, they didn't have the desire to listen and learn. Now they're third through fifth grade. So they get a little bit more grace, I think. But I think nowadays in the whole I, the iPad is a babysitter and everything they're doing is like watching TikToks and all short bursts of 15 second to 30 second information and the video games that have a constant stimulation and graphics and content. It, we're in an environment where all those bells and whistles, like in a classroom or, you know, at church, 
we don't have all those things. So it's kind of alien to them. They're like, I don't know how to learn without a million things coming at me. And I, and I, my attention span is this big. It's this big, very small. And I think that's the same with the youth. It's a weird environment when they're, cause what I'll, I'll, I do this very often. I'll say, Hey, before we start, tell me one good thing that happened at school this week. And do you know how hard it is for them to come up with anything good? And I'm like, anything interesting happened, anything surprising. And they're just like school, you know, like, ugh. uh, they're like nothing. School's the worst. It's boring. And, and, uh, and, and all that. And now that's nothing new. Kids have been saying they hate school forever. So that's not surprising. And I said school was boring for sure, especially elementary and middle school. I'm like, ugh. but I did like high school for the social aspect of it. I mean, I didn't do much homework or anything like that, but my social life was fire. But I did learn things in school. I got lots of tools from school that served me well in my adult life. But the difference is, is back when I was in high school, there was no internet. Video games were primitive, to say the least, compared to what there is now. And and school was kind of like a normal setting that wasn't what I would say was countercultural. We didn't, and we also didn't go through a pandemic, which took us out of school for a year. Uh, we didn't have online school and because there was no internet, couldn't have, uh, which made the hours, like thinking of, think about the kids that, would go to school all day long, and then they get taken out of school for a pandemic. Then they're going back into online school, and it's like a fraction of the time that they would be at school. So then they're like, why am, why am I even going to school? It's a waste of time because I can do all this in a couple hours. And it seems like I get that, you know, like, what are we doing? Um, and we didn't have to deal with the mental health aspect of the pandemic, which I think is huge. Um, it, it spiked anxiety and depression and uh like social distancing and people freaking out that paid a, that that cost us in our youth and our our children and all that so in other words we were used to sitting in a classroom for hours and learning and now if it's with the kids that aren't used to that or like I said have these tiny attention spans that are constantly bombarded with 15 to 30 second content and graphics and all that so now if we don't jump through hoops and juggle chainsaws and make viral videos they aren't listening and they're not even interested so the question is how do we turn back the hands of time and get them to focus and engage and soak it up um, get this knowledge that we're trying to teach and that is a great question one that I don't really have an answer to but I do think that this younger generation the younger generations are in trouble and when I when I thought about that going to bed last night I was like okay but it's more than that I realize it's not just kids and youth anymore because it, it, this morning when I got up I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this graphic and it is terrifying, especially if you're in the church like I am, like trying to expand the kingdom. Well, we're all trying to, we're all supposed to be trying to expand the kingdom, talking to people, sharing the gospel. But as my job, this is scary. So I'm gonna put this graphic up right here. So from this graphic, as you can see, the different areas, you know, like the unbelievers and the, um, 
all the stuff on there, but it says we have about 15 to 20 seconds to grow the church. And to be clear, the, the graphic says growth happens, like church growth happens in videos that are 60 to 90 seconds, but the digital mission field is 15 to 20 seconds. So how do we share the gospel in 15 to 20 seconds in a way that is efficient or good? I mean, so I, I kind of wrote down what the gospel is, if I wanted to say it real quick. Let's see if I can get it in 15 seconds. All right, so let's time this. I'll put a little timer here. Here we go. God created man and woman. Man and woman disobeyed God, fell into sin, casting all of us into a sinful existence with no way out. Until God sent his son to earth as a man uh, and God to die on the cross for our sins. Three days later, he resurrected, defeating death, saving us from our sin, allowing us to live with God for eternity, should we choose to. So there's what we could say is the gospel. Maybe you can say it in 15 to 20, second, 20 seconds. And if you can, is it going to stick? I don't know. I know God is the one that's going to make it happen, but 15 to 20 seconds isn't very long, and I am somewhat long-winded. My wife always tells me that these devotional podcasts are way too long and nobody listens. Um, now, you may be thinking, some of you, uh, probably the old school folks, think that's not real. We got more than 15 to 20 seconds. People pay attention way more than 15 to 20 seconds. But do they? Maybe you do. But the majority of society, not so much. For instance, all right, so my podcast devotionals are around 18 to 30 minutes, give or take. I, I have a handful of people that watch, for, watch or listen from start to finish. I have a whole lot of people who watch for a few minutes and even more, a whole, like the majority watches for three to 10 seconds. How do I know that? Because I have, you know, um, insights from all my different websites that these are on that tell me that. Facebook and YouTube are the ones that have the videos on there. And those insights tell me that people watch for this amount of time. And, and for the majority, it's three to 10 seconds. And, um, but like I said, there's some that watch the whole thing and then some for a couple minutes, but then on Instagram. So I use Instagram and Twitter just to, uh, post kind of like, um, saying, Hey, new devotional is available. I'll have a little thumbnail on there that kind of has the title of what I'm talking about. Right. When I put those on there, it gets nothing really. It's pretty much a waste of time, but I do it anyways. Cause you gotta, you gotta do everything you can to try to promote whatever it is. But recently, I started doing reaction videos on Reels. And um, just the other one day, I did one about this exploding egg. And I don't think it's particularly funny. It's fine, whatever like that. And I looked up at the insights, and it's, it's uh, I think it's 21 seconds long. It got 15,000 views. And it, that's something that is watched all, 50, all 21 seconds. And I'm like, what? And then I look at the insights of my other ones and they get around 2,000 to 4,000 views, all watching the whole thing. And so I'm like, 
I could put out this content, which means nothing, by the way, compared to a devotional, uh, sharing scripture, anything like that. These are just silly videos that I look at and, and give my thoughts on. And I'm like, what, what is going on? This is this. And, and I'm, and I'm sure that there are kids that are on there doing, uh, looking at it, but for the majority, it's probably, um, adults that are looking at these videos on reels. So it really kind of supports this reaction that 15 and 20 seconds is the mission field. So I'm going to start, it's going to take a lot of time and I don't really want to do it, but I'm going to go back through different devotionals, cut out 15 to 20 second clips, something that says something good or whatever, start posting them to see what happens. It's going to be kind of like a, an exercise in testing this digital mission field. But the point of this whole thing is we need to figure out how to teach and learn in this new 15 to 30 second attention span age. And it's going to be hard. And I don't know where to go about it, but I know how important it is to learn about Christ and how important it is to study scripture. I mean, in Colossians 3.16, it said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. We need to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. And that is a, like I just keep thinking, the 15 to 20 seconds, how can anything dwell in you richly? I mean, if God wants it to, he can make it happen. But, man, we are really at a disadvantage of sharing the gospel. If we have this short amount of time and we're ministering to people with tiny attention spans and it's just getting worse as we go. Now I know every devotional we're supposed to be devoting how great it is that God's doing. And this is a weird one because I'm like, how are we going to do this? Because I think that we're set up to fail if we're trying to do things the way we've always done it. And it would be great. It would be amazing if I was like, the old way is dead. Here is the new way. But I don't have the new way. I know that we have 15 to 20 seconds. The new way is we have a tiny bit of time that we can try to use. So I'm open to suggestions. But it's scary. I know that nothing is impossible with, with God. And, and uh, if we... Put our faith in us. Good things are going to happen. But um, it's scary. And I just wanted to share that today. So that's kind of what I had. Hopefully, everybody that watches this from beginning to end will be like, you know what, I'm going to put in some time, figure out how we're going to teach the next generation. Because that would be good. We need as many uh, brains on it as we can. All right. So you have a good week and see you next time.